0: the wonderful world of Dark Lords. Attached Notes. The Raven Nebula. Twas five nights before Christmas, and all through the mists, the Dark Lords were snarling and shaking their fists. Trapped in their domains, in their own special hells, they could not be made merry with presents or bells. But hark! this coming forth through the snow a spell jamming ship with its red nose aglow
1: (laughs) merry christmas seasons greetings happy holiday and here is our present to you dear listener a bonus episode welcome to wonderful world of dark lords bonus episode three the raven nebula i'm tom i'm rachel And normally in our podcast, we convert a Disney movie into a Ravenloft Domain of Dread. But for this Yuletide special episode, we are converting a Disney movie into a whole entire Ravenloft.
0: Or, if you prefer, we are converting a whole entire Ravenloft to a Disney movie.
1: So this is the bonus episode we talked about in the episode, I hope you listened to about a week ago, Treasure Planet. And this is trying to do... A conversion of Treasure Planet that is an actual planet, where we are preserving the premise and the aesthetic that is so important to Treasure Planet of the solar sailing kind of high fantasy space adventure. Fortunately for us, there is a <laughs> perfect DD overlap for that, which is Spelljammer.
0: I was looking at the Treasure Planet page on TV tropes, and somebody was saying this is the closest thing to a spelljammer movie we're ever going to get. And yes, that is correct.
1: So we've got a d and d of it already with Spelljammer that preserves everything we love about it. And some of what we don't, like Morph. <laughs> but that's not what we're doing. That's not the D&D we're doing. We are doing Ravenloft. And we were talking about this and trying to figure out how to make this work. And the whole the Treasure Planet, even Spelljammering, doesn't really work for mainstream Ravenloft. We've got our storyline with our narrator, D. And as we mentioned in the Treasure Planet episode, it doesn't really work for her to, like, get on a spaceship and then go to space and then come back and go to, you know, Agrippa or whatever.
0: And Dee is kind of, like, acting as a stand-in for your PCs here. You know, she's kind of going and experiencing these domains and everything. So if it doesn't work for Dee to do it, it doesn't work for your PCs to do it. Just It would, it would be just as much of a tonal shift. And we were trying to think, could it be that... The domain is specifically like
1: a little spelljammer domain in Ravenloft, and there's like Barovia, and there's Dirk and there's spaceships. And once again, <laughs> just it was too tonally jarring. But then Rachel cracked the case, thought of the brilliant cutting of the Gordian knot to make this work as a Ravenloft spelljammer setting.
0: Oh, I, I had forgotten this was my idea. It was your idea. Wow, go me. Yeah, so. The whole thing with Spelljammer, and you know, I, I say this as though I've read the Spelljammer stuff I haven't, Tom has. But the whole thing with Spelljammer is it's got all the different systems in wild space and everything. So what if we had this nebula, the Raven Nebula, that was separate from all the rest of Wild Space, and once you go to the nebula, you're stuck there. Everyone knows if you end up there, you are not getting out. But in that nebula, there are a whole bunch of different systems and planets that you can travel in between, and they all have their different horror flavors. Mm -hmm. Since Spelljammer has the discrete systems already that you have to travel through this bizarre kind of ethereal substance to get to, it really is a very similar mechanic to Ravenloft, just with a completely different tone.
1: So, yeah, just she said, what if the the, Ravenloft, the regular domains were the planets? And it was like, Dah, get, lightning struck my brain. It's, <laughs> it's perfect. Because it, it could be like this one planet that was Treasure Island, Treasure Planet, but that doesn't work. It needs to be this whole setting. Mm-hmm. You need trade to do piracy, as we said, but just... Boom, that's it, of course. It's Ravenloft as a spelljammer setting with the systems, with the worlds as the canon domains. Mm -hmm. And that gives you trade, and that gives you exchange, and that gives you piracy, and that's everything you need to do Treasure Planet in Ravenloft in space.
0: And if you if you want to do Ravenloft in space, that's just I mean, Event Horizon is a whole movie about that. There so. is, and
1: I'm working on an adaptation of it. So
0: <laughs> And it's not even John Carpenter. That's
1: how much I love Event Horizon. So fundamentally, like sort of the pitch is the Raven Nebula is our version of Ravenloft, the different canon domains, Barovia, Darkon, etc., are the worlds of this nebula. You travel through them, and we're also going to be including this new domain called the Ethereum, and that is our treasure planet domain. So this in this nebula, you've got the canon Ravenloft domains, and you've got our new Long John Silver Dark Lord. <laughs> We're not going to talk too much about it because it is basically... What we did with Treasure Planet, but in space.
0: But actually, Treasure Planet.
1: Change the word boat to spaceship.
0: (laughs) We're not doing any of our other Disney domains as systems, although Lion King in space sounds pretty great.
1: Hit us up if you want us to do this. So part of what we are doing with this project, we're going to talk a little bit about it, but we are going to write it up on DMs Guild as a setting book. This is going to be pay. This is going to be... Mm -hmm because it is a lot more work than our average domain write-up.
0: We and want to give you guys everything for free. We, lo- we, we love you, our listeners. If there were some special way that we could give it to our listeners totally for free and make all the other people pay, we would. But
1: We are going to give our listeners a 50% discount. There yes. is going to be, in the show notes here, a discount link to the PDF that's going to last from now until the end of January. If you listen to this in the first month, you can get 50% off.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And... This is not just a transcript of our conversation here. We are going to write up a little blurb about each world, mainly about the way it interacts with the others, the trade. We still expect to use Van Richten's guide for like the governing information or the major cities or the things like that. We're going to have a bunch of plot hooks, mm-hmm. but we'll give you an example of it a little bit later. We're going to have the write-up for the Ethereum. So if you want us to do the work of taking our, our treasure island write-up and changing the spaceship... And then we're just going to have a bunch more plot hooks based on, like, Ravenloft monster, Spelljammer monsters. just, I really think, even if you just want to run a Spelljammer horror game, this is going to be useful for
0: you. Yeah. We're going to talk more about what's in the supplement and some of our ideas there a little bit later on. But just like with Sleepy Hollow, we wanted to be up front because normally we provide this stuff for free, and we wish we could always provide it for free, but this was a lot of work. Yeah. Totally and <laughs> so we, we are going to be charging for this, and we just wanted to make sure that you know so that you don't get to the end of the podcast and hear surprise! Yeah. It's a surprise. Yeah. the commercial. commercial. Um, and if you, you know, if you get to the end of the podcast and you're like, well, you know, dang it, I can't swing. I don't remember what we're charging, but I can't $1. swing. $1.99. I can't swing ninety nine. Then, you know, maybe this will give you some great ideas of your own that you can use as a jumping-off point to do your own Raven Nebula and you don't have to worry about her. I'm hoping <laughs>
1: to give you a lot more value in the write-up than just do the No Mains, but their planets. Mm-hmm. But, like, do that mm-hmm. if you want to do your own. Yeah. So for those of you like Rachel that haven't read the Spelljammer <laughs> setting, and I understand that that could a good percentage of our listeners that that might be more the Ravenloft than the Spelljammer, The way it works is you have your wild space system, which is a solar system, basically. So for Faerun, for Forgotten Realms, it's called the Toril system. You've got the planet the Forgotten Realms is on, and then you've got a couple of other planets they establish in the older material that are in that same solar system. And then you have this thing called the Astral Sea. And that's more or less this kind of, like, hyperspace realm, sort of, like, nebula cloud thing. Sound familiar?
0: <laughs> and A cloud, you say?
1: When you're in the wild space system, when you're in the solar system, you need air, you need food, time passes normally. You're in, like, the material plane, just in space, in the material plane. But when you get into the astral sea, you're sort of entering this more like theoretical cosmic realm. So they said, like, that like time doesn't really pass for you. So you don't really need to breathe. You don't really need to eat. Time will pass in the outside world, but not really for you there. So we, once again, as we mentioned, that kind of works perfect for Mm -hmm. what we're doing. So you've got the domains are these wild space systems, each one is kind of a small planetoid. And maybe it has a couple, like, asteroids orbiting it, if you want some cool asteroid stuff orbiting (laughs) Darkon. And then when you get to the borders of the Wild Space System, you go into the Astral Mist.
0: Unless the Dark Lord doesn't want you to.
1: Right, in which case the Astral Mist is closed. So we've got our Wild Space Domains and then our Astral Mists. And... Another benefit to us kind of doing our own version of Ravenloft is you probably picked up that we're pretty big fans of the older material where mm-hmm. you had like the core and you had kind of a unified setting. I
0: know we're incredibly subtle. Right, about yeah.
1: It. So that is a thing we can bring into this. And not just because it's the way we liked it to be, so we get to bring it back because, bah, ha ha ha, but because, as we mentioned, trade is necessary for piracy. So to have. This piratical setting, where that's a major part of like the space travel, we need to have trade between the domains, and to have trade between the domains, we need to have some kind of like defined geography. Mm-hmm. You need to have, as we said, with the Sea of Sorrows in the previous episode, you have to know where things are going to be when you go back to have any kind of trade routes or mm-hmm. or mercantile system. If
0: you're gonna race Tortugi, you got to know where Tortuga is.
1: So this is taking a little bit from the older material. Take a drink, slash stamp your <laughs> bingo cards.
0: I think that's the free space on our that bingo That is the free card. space, yeah.
1: Hey, well, in the older material. <laughs> and the idea of mist ways. So you have the Astral Mist, and yeah, if you have a mist token, just like in the 5e and Van Richten's Guide, if you have a mist token, you go to the Astral mists. you will end up where you want to go, unless the GM, I mean the Dark Powers, hmm. wants you to go somewhere else. Like, there is that idea that the things are unpredictable. You could end up who knows where, who knows when. You could end up in the place that's the setting of the adventure the DM just bought. But most of the time, if you have a mist token, you'll end up where you want to go, which might take a long time. But taking something from the older material, we have the idea of missed ways. That there are these certain points you can go to the border of a domain and usually there's like a stable pathway through the mist to another domain.
0: And just like with mist talismans, sometimes the GM will say, mm, not this time, it's not stable. But most of the time it'll take you like, I don't actually, oh yeah, I do remember one, never mind. There you go.
1: <laughs> I, I knew, I believe in you.
0: <laughs> there was one from um, Dark Hunt to Ziricia, the Peridon, the Jack the Ripper one. And so like most of the time you go into that Mistway from Darkon, you're going to end up in Zerasea slash Paradon, and vice versa.
1: So we're imagining that you do have in most wild space systems when you get to the border, if you know the system, if you have good maps, you have an experienced navigator, there are Mistways. And the Mistways are much faster than going with just a Mist Talisman. Mm -hmm. And so you have the Mist Talisman plus the Mistways means it'll just be, it's it's probably safe, and it'll just be a couple of days to get from one domain to the other of travel. So that gives us trade. We have these like set trade routes. We have these mostly stable trade routes. And that gives us trade. And also the fact, and this is very important, that it's these specific kind of entrance and exit points... In the solar system, that gives us great potential for piracy. Mm -hmm. That, yeah, the ship is going to definitely come through this particular part of the Darkon system. That is an excellent place to ambush it and steal it and plunder it and raise the Jolly Roger. So this is a change from the Van Richten's Guide, where it is more each each domain is this floating mist island, and you have a mist talisman, and you domain hop around. So Rachel, let's talk a little bit about some of the implications of this fundamental change we're making in the way you go from domain to domain.
0: One of the ways we're trying to make it different from Standard Issue Spelljammer is that one important thing with Ravenloft is that sense of uncertainty, that sense of randomness, that sense that, that... The mists are going to send you where they want you to go, not where you want to go. And even if your GM never does that, you want it to be there. You want the PCs to always feel like it's dangerous to go into the mists, so they don't quite know what's going to happen, that they are taking their lives into their hands every time they step into the mists. So you need to make sure that, that there is talk, even if you never do it to your PCs, that there's all this talk of the mist ways going astray, leading you somewhere else. The mist talismans not working and dumping you out in another place. And also it means that if you're going to be domain hopping, you know, in Ravenloft as written in every edition, you can walk from one domain to the other. Whether you're walking across the border or walking into the mist, you can just, you know, travel however you want. But if it's Spelljammer, you need to have your ship. And if you don't have your ship, you are stuck. Strahd doesn't even have to close the borders if he (laughs) impounds your ship. So there's a lot of great potential there for trapping your PCs, for making them feel helpless, hopefully in a good way. How many times has the Doctor lost the TARDIS? So it's really easy and well-loved and well-respected trope of the genre that I don't think is going to raise any player hackles if sometimes something happens with their Spelljammer ship and they're just kind of stuck until it, you know, syncs up with the proper wild space, whatever, and is able to fly again. Another thing with Spelljammer ships that actually is an advantage and is kind of more empowering is that if you're doing a really domain-hopping adventure, then ships make great mobile bases so that you don't have to worry about your PCs having to leave all their stuff behind. You're not kind of punishing your PCs for the fact that you want to do a tour of all the mists rather than just kind of stationing them in one domain for the entire campaign. And I say this as someone who I think has never run anything except domain-hopping games. It is kind of a source of frustration that there are certain things that you can't do, like certain resources that your players can't have. Because they're just gonna have to leave them behind and go to the next domain. If you've got a ship, you've got a mobile base. They can take all that stuff with them. It really gives them the best of both worlds in that respect.
1: Ships are so great. Yeah, they're just there. <laughs> I have never known any player that has not loved and and jumped through whatever hoops the GM put in front of them to have their own ship mm-hmm. or their own airship. Or their own magic TARDIS-like van, Mm -hmm. like PCs like two things. They like going from place to place, and they like having a room Mm
0: -hmm. that
1: they can put all their trophies in and like go to their room and have their room and knock on each other's doors and have conversations in their rooms. And this gives you both. Yes,
0: with the whole thing with the time being weird and the astral mist, that fits the mist beautifully. That way, you could do things with you. You could either have it feel like hours, but it's not hours. You could have it feel like days. You could have there be strange things lurking in the mist. I don't think in 5e do they still have the mist horrors and stuff like that? Yeah. Okay, cool. So you can have mist horrors, you can have all kinds of, like, mist monsters, you can have strange visions there's all kinds of like cool creepy encounter stuff you could build into the mist travel and then if you've got the mist ways and the mist uh, talismans together then you're making it a lot shorter if you're going without a mist way then it's going to take you several days maybe with the mist ways it only takes you one day or again even hours
1: so let's talk a bit about those myths and about the worlds the wild space domains within those myths let's talk a little bit about how we're imagining the Raven Nebula. So, the Raven Nebula is this cluster of planetoids because none of the domains are, like, a planet-sized. Maybe Darkon. Maybe Darkon. But honestly, like, think of the last sci-fi thing you saw where a planet was an actual planet Mm -hmm. and not, like, three towns (laughs) and a forest. Like... You absolutely could have an episode of Star Trek or some kind of Star Wars adventure where they go to Planet Mm Richemulot, and it's a city, Mm
0: -hmm. and they're there
1: the whole time, and that's the whole adventure, and that is the experience of Planet Richemulot. Yeah. So, planetoids, we're imagining for most of them, if not all of them, there is one moon and one sun, just because that avoids complications with things like vampires, things like lycanthropy, maybe even... All of these planetoids are in the same solar system, just separated by the mist. Because we have the going through the mist and mist ways, you can't actually know the geographical difference between Borka and Darkon. You just know how long it takes you to travel through the mist way between Borka and Darkon. Mm -hmm. And we're imagining they're pulling in ships, people, worlds from all across the Astral Sea. The Nebula is kind of a demiplane, so the whole Spelljammer cosmos. You will have... People are flying through the Astral Sea, then suddenly, like, the Astral Sea and canyons, kind of, like, purpley-pinky, and suddenly it gets kind of grayish, and then they come out, and they're in the Raven Nebula. Mm-hmm. So because it's pulling in not just worlds, but also ships from all over Astral Sea, all over the Spelljammer setting, I'm imagining that in the Raven Nebula, you, you do have more of the crazy Spelljammer races, Thrikenes, Plasmoids, all that. But it's mainly centered around ports and commerce, mm-hmm. so that the ports are much more cosmopolitan. Like, if you go to Martira Bay in Darkon, you might see some some ant people and some Akakra and some plasmoids all drinking a, at a, a tavern together. A cantina. At a cantina together, thank you. <laughs> but not really outside of the ports. Like, the rest of the domain is going to be the kind of flavor, horror movie, horror genre-inspired flavor that it has. So Barovia, where I'm imagining Valakai is the main port, there might be some ant people in Valakai, <laughs> but there's not going to be like the terrified ant people peasants <laughs> huddling in their in their huts in the village of Barovia, hoping Strahd doesn't drink their weird acidic blood.
0: But that could be an interesting thing.
1: Could be an interesting thing.
0: And having the Mistways lets us have some kind of geography. You know, again, like we were talking about for having a sense of a core, but also having a sense of piracy. So Darkon is still this major port that has a gazillion Mistways. So it's huge. It's got a lot of supporting the sea. Darkon's incredibly important for trade. And, like, in the Van Richten's Guide, they
1: said Martira Bay is a major port, but what does that even mean? Yeah. And this, like, this means something. Mm -hmm. This means that... Darkon has a million mistways. Like, Darkon is a crossroads of the whole nebula.
0: hmm uh, You can have that, you know, Borka borders Barovia. That there's a mistway that connects Borka straight to Barovia. There's a bunch of cultural overlap with Borka and Barovia. You know, in the older stuff, they couldn't quite decide whether they wanted Borka to also be Eastern European or to be Italian. And in 5e, they decided on Eastern European. So we both have kind of the, the Eastern Europe thing going with the cultural connection. And it, it makes sense for them to be close to each other and have kind of a, a linguistic connection and whatnot. Whereas it's much farther away from Harakir. You know, you've got to go through a whole lot of misways to get to Harakir. You know, we don't we don't see a whole lot of like Middle Eastern influence in Borka. So it's it's clearly pretty pretty separate from there. You can either use the old core map for ideas of proximity. You, you, you can Google image search, it. it's very right very there. Very easily. Yeah, yeah, very easily to, to get an idea of where the old stuff used to border. Or you can make up your own. You can just decide what domains do you think are connected, what domains does it work best for your campaign for them to be connected, and which do you want them to be distant, and it can travel at the speed of plot. That's that's <laughs> the wonderful thing with being a GM, is it? if you look at the, at the core and you say... Yeah, you know what? I really need Hasland to border Darkon. You can make Hasland border Darkon.
1: In our current game, we had a section where we we're in Borka and we're going to Hasland, and we had to go through Barovia and have a bunch of adventures. And like, you can do that mm-hmm. in this version of Ravenloft. That makes sense. We are taking. By the way, I want to be very clear. I am taking this from the hyperspace lanes in Star Wars. <laughs> but that we don't know if you measured it with a giant tape measure, how far from Borka to Barovia to Haslam. But the whole... 12 parsecs. There you go. But Borka has a missed way to Barovia, but not to Haslam. But then Barovia has a missed way to Haslam. So to go efficiently from Borka to Haslam, you have to go through Barovia. I'm very glad I didn't mess any of that up. (laughs) So you can still keep that sense of travel and that sense of there being a geography to the setting, which mm-hmm. I think is a very useful thing for a GM to have.
0: Yeah. And, you know, once again, if you're kind of making this map your own, if you're kind of connecting everything yourself, then you can do, you know, I really wanted my party to have these adventures in Barovia, and so that worked out great. But you can do you know, whatever domains you want them to go through. You can make sure that they're on the way from you know, the domain that they want to go to and the domain that they're in. And that way you're kind of you know controlling the path that they're taking without it being as obvious a railroading as the miss snapping them up and dropping them off somewhere. Which you can get away with once or twice, but it gets really old after a while. Like That's just like
1: in real life, if I want to be in Italy and I want to go to Spain, I pretty much have to go through France. Mm-hmm. That's just... That's not railroading. <laughs> well, it is because I'll be literally on a railroad. <laughs> but that's just the way maps work.
0: Mm-hmm. And as we mentioned in the write-up, we have some you know some notes and hooks for kind of the wild space versions of the domain. The main info is still going to be in Vendrix's Guide. Like, we're not going to be giving you the stats for Chakuna all over again. Mm-hmm. You got to you gotta go to the Vendrix's Guide for that. But we are doing these kind of spelljammer-y sci-fi versions of the domains. So, my sweet baby, Borka. <laughs> Drink. Bingo. Bingo. That's B.
1: B for Borka, everybody.
0: <laughs> because it's the best domain of all. So with Borka, you know, you've got the Barizzi Trading Company. You've got Ivana's Perfumes and everything. It's this incredibly wealthy, bustling port. It's not... As Cosmopolitan is dark on it doesn't have as many Mistways, but the Mistways that it does have are constantly thrumming with activity. Ivana no doubt has all kinds of guards set up on their side of the Mistway and there are pirates slavering on the other sides of the Mistways if they're not well defended. And there's just all kinds of just trades and shipments and luxury goods coming out from Borka. There is the strange and mysterious Lament Station that's out there somewhere that they lost contact with a while ago and no one knows quite what's going on there.
1: Asteroid orbiting the planet.
0: Mm -hmm. And then for the plot hook for it that we had, we came up with, well, you come across one of these ships that was sent out from Borka. There's a distress call and you get on and everyone on board is either dead or like acting strangely, you know, we've got some kind of like naked time from Star Trek going on, just just weird things are happening. And eventually it comes out that they were shipping some perfume from Ivana, and somebody on the crew opened one of her special perfume bottles. Hmm. So and the smell got out and just infected everyone somehow, whatever way you want it to be as a GM. So you get kind of that that naked time or that finding that ghost ship. Go you know, adventure that's a staple of sci-fi, but in a way that makes sense for our even Loft.
1: And we are, as I said, adding a domain to this. you are going to get all the ones from Van Richten's Guide as Planets with a little bit about the trade, the relationship with some of the others. But we were adding this domain called the Ethereum, and that is where we are doing our treasure planet. That's where we're having Long John Silver on a spaceship. And we're imagining that this is a major crossroads. Much like Darkon, the Ethereum is dozens and dozens and dozens of missed ways. It is this very large wild space domain, full of asteroids, full of moons, full of dangerous places where shipwrecks happen and moons that make excellent places for pirate ports. And there's all this trade going through it because it is this major crossroad. It includes Treasure Planet where Flint's Nautilus ship, loaded with treasure, Mm -hmm. is waiting to be discovered. So, I really like this idea. I'm really excited <laughs> and proud of this idea.
0: Tom loves sci-fi horror. You know, I sure we, do. We mentioned Event Horizon. It just, anytime, anytime you see anything with a ghost spaceship, he just is salivating. <laughs> it was just made just for him.
1: Spelljammer has a horror element. Spelljammer kind of has two main settings. And one is goofy space opera. And one is sci-fi horror. And... By merging it into Ravenloft, you really can make it a horror setting. You can really play up the horror. And in DD, a lot of the way you get horror is the different monsters. And by bringing this into Ravenloft, this gives you all these great monsters you have as an option for your Spelljammer games. So, for example, in Red Van Rick's to Ravenloft, we have the Body Taker Plants. Mm-hmm. That, the Invasion of Body Snatchers, one of the classic sci-fi horror movies. The sort of pod people replacements is one of the classic sci-fi horror premises, and this lets you do Invasion of the Body Snatchers with Spelljammer. Mm-hmm. And Spelljammer, the guy that came out, also had some really good monsters. Really good, yeah. really scary monsters. You had the Fear, F-I-E-R, which is this kind of nightmare eater, which, how is that not in Ravenloft? Yeah. This, this monster that... Sort of puts people to sleep and then gives them nightmares and then eats their fear until they die. Like that's such a good horror monster, and this lets you really ground that in a horror setting. So another thing we're going to do to continue the advertisement. I, I mean, <laughs> I mean, not an advertisement. In the write-up once I want to give you more value than make the domains planets, mm-hmm. and we're going to have some plot hooks based on Spelljammer monsters, and based on Ravenloft monsters. So to give you a one of those that kind of combines two, we've got the Headless Starlancer. So this is using the stats for a dulahan from Guide to Ravenloft, but it's riding one of those Starlancer-like space dolphins. <laughs> and the idea that you've got our Headless Horseman, but it's a space Headless Horseman, who is stalking the PC ship through the Astral Mist. So they're sailing through the Astral Mist, but every so often, this guy will just swoop out of the astral mist and start trying to cut people's heads off. <laughs> and they have to kind of figure out what's drawing him to their ship. Why he's targeting the people he's targeting. Do a little bit of Tim Burton, Sleepy <laughs> Hollow detective work. If you're interested in this and you want to check out our Raven Nebula supplement, then that will there'll be a link in the show notes. It'll be on DMs Guild. And as mentioned, until the end of January, the link will have a 50% discount. So normally it's going to be $1.99, it'll be $0.99. Cents. Our little holiday present to you, yes. dear listener.
0: Merry Christmas, Happy Hanukkah, Festivule.
1: The Happy Feast of Grapthar's Ascension.
0: <laughs> By Gropthar's Hammer, what a savings.
1: And if you want to check out some of our other work, including stuff you can pay for, if you're like, wow, I really felt great giving them money.
0: <laughs> we want to encourage that. Feeling. Yeah, right? We've got three kids, guys.
1: Groceries are
0: expensive right now.
1: <laughs> the little clue to when we're recording this, I hope. Yeah. Then I've got some other adventures on DM's Guild. The adventures, much like with Sleepy Hollow, since they're a lot more work, they're pay. I do have horror, adapting horror movies, including some by John Carpenter, and I'm hoping at the time of recording that by the time of broadcasting, I'll have something with Event Horizon. If not, then hopefully soon so if you're like oh boy sci-fi horror i love that i'm hoping to be able to do an event horizon adaptation for Spelljammer at some point in the future which is when you are listening to this
0: and then for me if you heard that little night before christmas parody at the beginning and you said by jove i really like the way that she takes rhymes and makes them spooky
1: she wrote that in minutes it was amazing
0: I have a book, Mother Ghost, Nursery Rhymes for Little Monsters. It's 13 classic nursery rhymes written to be about Halloween. So I also have short stories for adults on my website, www.rachelkohler.com. And most of them are available online for free. So... If getting a picture book is too much, go check those out.
1: And if they decide that they want to tell us about some of the Spelljammer Ravenloft adaptations they've made, how can they contact us?
0: Well, you can email us at wonderfulworldofdarklords at gmail.com. You can find us on Facebook at Wonderful World of Dark Lords and on Twitter... This was recorded and uploaded on Red Circle and ready to go, and then that moon-faced smug little plutocrat happened. Yeah, we're not on Twitter anymore. Uh, we our account is technically still active, just in case things change, but we're no longer posting there. So you can email us at wonderfulworldofdarklords@gmail.com, at gmail.com, or you can find us at Wonderful World of Dark Lords on Facebook and Tumblr.
1: It's Holiday Miracle. <laughs> Until next time, which will hopefully just be in about three weeks, thank you for listening, happy gaming, happy holidays, and I'm still here.
0: (laughs) This has been The Wonderful World of Dark Lords. We have no affiliation with Disney or Wizards of the Coast. All music recordings used in this episode are in the public domain and were obtained through museopen.org. Titles and links are in the show notes. The Wonderful World of Dark Lord's logo was designed by Haylight Jones. You can find links to their work in the show notes. Thanks for listening. So, yeah, as mentioned, um, if you are interested in this, if you want to, you know, check out our, our Raven- Lebu- As mentioned, if you are interested in this, if you want to check out our Raven Nebula
1: Supplement- <laughs> Oh, got a stinger.
0: So once again, as mentioned, if you're interested in this, if you want to check out our Raven Nebula Supplement- <laughs> <laughs> I've got the yips. Oh no! Do
1: you want me to do this part? Yes! <laughs> <clears throat> As mentioned, if you're interested in this and you want to check out our <laughs> rave...
0: <laughs> you good? <laughs> Just, you were saying it word for word. It cracked me up.